Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, I'm Jennifer Ryan. This is In the News from the Irish Times, where we take a close look at the stories that matter. Today, Sonia O'Sullivan on Simone Biles' decision to put her mental health over her sport. Simone Biles is arguably the greatest gymnast of all time, a five-time medal winner at the last Olympics in Rio. She arrived in Tokyo as one of the competition's brightest stars. But as the women's gymnastics team final approached on Tuesday evening, Biles made the shock decision to pull out citing mental health concerns. Today has been really stressful. We had a workout this morning. Um, It went okay. And then just that five and a half hour wait or something, I was just like shaking, could barely nap. I've just never felt like this going into a competition before. And I tried to go out here and have fun and warm up in the back went a little bit better. But then once I came out here, I was like, no, mental is not there. So I just need to let the girls do it and focus on myself. I mean, it's amazing to see this happen on the biggest stage of all, to actually take the decision not to line up again. Sonia O'Sullivan is one of Ireland's most decorated athletes. An Olympic medalist and world champion runner, she knows better than most the kind of pressure Biles was under. It's a very mature thing to do. But then you still, in the back of your mind, I would always think, what if? You know, because sometimes I make rash decisions like that, but then you push through and you come out the other side and you're actually glad that you did it. But it just depends on, you know, all the different things that may be affecting or impacting on this decision. I talked to O'Sullivan and to Irish Times sports writer Maliki Clerken about the new spotlight on mental health in sport. Maliki, we expected that one of the stories of this Olympics was going to be Simone Biles dominating, as she has done for years. But instead, that's been replaced by another more complex story. And our own high expectations are part of that story. As you saw it, what happened to Simone Biles this week? It is a really interesting thing. And it is by far the biggest story of the Games. It was interesting on the way into the Olympics, there wasn't really a global superstar other than Simone Biles, which when you think about it, a gymnast being the sort of most famous athlete in the Games, the one that the casual sporting spectator would kind of go, oh, I, yeah, like I don't watch gymnastics, but I, I, I watch Simone Biles. That's, that is the level that she of fame that she brought into the game. If we know American gymnastics for anything really in this last Olympic cycle, it is the Larry Nasser case. Olympic team doctor for a couple of generations uh, went to prison, having been convicted of sexually abusing legions of 
American gymnasts, of which Simone Biles is one. You know, it's not easy coming back to the sport, coming back to the organization that has failed you. Um, Nobody else from that uh, case actually is still involved at the top level of gymnastics, but Simone Biles is. And it's just really sad because now every time I go to the doctor or training, I get worked on. It's like, I don't want to get worked on, but my body hurts. I'm 22. And at the end of the day, that's my fifth rotation and I have to put in therapy, but it's just hard and we try to work through it, but... It'll take some time. I'm strong. I'll get through it. On top of that, she has also become completely dominant in her sport. There are very few sports where the outer boundaries of it are still being pushed back in in the way that they are in gymnastics. Here it comes. Two flips, two twists. Never been done in competition. (laughs) The moves that she is pulling off in the vault, in other disciplines, are so advanced that judging is having to change to keep up with her. And on top of which, a lot of the moves are very dangerous. Tried by somebody not as expert as Simone Biles, they are very dangerous because you're flipping two and a half times in the air, whereas, you know, the standard is one and a half times. And so that is why she came into the games as this huge name, because she was doing something in her sport that had never really been done before. Cut to... The start of the team event, she came out, she did her first, the first uh, rotation was the vault, and she came out and she did her vault. Backwards on, there's the two two and a half twists, but that's a very deep landing. And even to the untrained eye, you could see that something went wrong while she was in the air. She looked confident starting, but that is a really, really deep landing that will cost her. It has since been explained that she got a, a dose of the twisties which is when a gymnast is in the air and they're midway through attempting whatever move it is they're attempting to impress the judges, they get a mental block. If you get a mental block in any sport, it's not necessarily dangerous. But if you get it while you're midair and you're trying to plant your feet on the ground when you come down, it's extremely dangerous. She got a very bad mark for her. And in the wake of it, she pulled out of the competition. She came back to her team, she said she was pulling out. She later explained that she was in the wrong place mentally to continue in the event. And that is where the biggest story in the games sort of took off into another realm. Sonia, as an Olympian and a world champion, you know better than most what that pressure to perform is like that Maliki talked about there. What were your thoughts when you saw what happened to Simone Biles this week? I think in a way it was quite surprising that she was able to make that decision so quickly and to decide, you know, to be able to make a mature decision like that. Now, she must have spoken to somebody and discussed it with somebody who was able to help her to do that. Otherwise, you know, as athletes, you know, high performing athletes, you do make these like kind of on a whim decisions sometimes. So you panic or you kind of think, I can't do that. But then you talk yourself back into it again. So you make that decision in your own head, but very few would publicly announce it and say, oh no, I can't do that. Um, You know, there's not an athlete out there who hasn't, you know, woken up one day and whether it's at a training session or at a competition, kind of had doubts in their mind and said, I don't know if I can do this today. And, you know, if you make that rash decision of pulling out, then 
there must be something that's giving you the reason to do that. You know, there must be, there must be more. It's not just, you know, what we all go through because everybody goes through that, but then there's deeper and more serious, I suppose, things that cause you to take a step further and pull out. And, you know, I know oftentimes, you know, if you're having those doubts and things and you, you talk yourself back into doing it and you question yourself and you ask yourself the question, you know, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And it always comes down to, you know, all the hard work, that effort that you've put in to get yourself to this point. And you don't want to let yourself down. You don't want to let your family down, your friends, your coaches. You know, there's so many people behind every individual athlete that all that thought process goes through your head. And most will come out the other side and and go through with it. And a lot will go through with it and be glad that they did. And, you know, others will go through with it. And, you know, like, I, I mean, I've done it myself in the past. You go through because you kind of think, well, if I don't go out, and try, I won't know. And then sometimes you find out that, no, it probably wasn't a good idea, but at least I tried. But then I suppose then everything is laid bare on the table. Whereas when you step back and you make a decision without actually exposing yourself and, you know, showing that, no, I'm not ready to do this, then there's that little bit of unknown. And then you're not questioning yourself, but everybody else is questioning you. So the tables are turned a little bit. And so it just makes for a bigger discussion. And I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, what Simone Biles has done on a smaller scale. Um, And she's just kind of taken that decision one step further where most people probably wouldn't be brave enough to do that. And she said that she needed to preserve her mental health. That was part of the reason why she pulled out. Do you think, are we guilty of expecting too much from her and other athletes at her level? Uh, Well, I think, you know, in a way, it all starts with the athlete. And the athletes expect more of themselves than anybody else. And then that feeds into the expectation of the coaches and the you know, the team and, and then of course the people watching and in anticipation and, you know, disappointed when somebody doesn't turn up and when they don't turn up at their best. So it's a fine line to work out, you know, the expectation levels outside of yourself and outside of your circle that's around you and, you know, how you deal with that. Because most athletes don't really pay that much attention to the pressure from outside the external sources, you're able to block that out. And if you don't, then you're just bringing it in and you're causing trouble for yourself. And if you're causing trouble for yourself, then you have to find how to get rid of it. And so most most athletes will switch off their social media if they're not able to deal with it, if it does bother them. Can you appreciate that maybe what it might have been like for you during your career if social media had been there and that glare was there all the time on everything you were doing and there was an expectation that you would have had to have a permanent online presence as well as trying to do what you were meant to do which was your sport yeah I mean I it's I mean even now I mean I find with social media you can take it or leave it you know and you don't feel like there's a responsibility to 
always report back and I see athletes and it's like as if they have to reply to people all the time. And I kind of feel like, you know, you don't have to do that. But I mean, you can you can feel guilty about it and you feel like you owe it to people. I mean, I get messages from people and I think, what are these people messaging me for? And then sometimes it'll just be going down a bit of a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. And then I just block it, you know, and it's like, that's the end. And I think you have to be pretty strong to do that. And, you know, you can get a lot of messages, you can read a lot of comments. And generally, they're all very positive and encouraging. But if you get one negative comment, it's amazing how that can eat away at you. And it it can really affect you. Like, you don't want it to affect you. And you, you kind of think that, no, these things don't affect me or bother me, but they do. And, you know, it's like someone comes along and punches you and you kind of, you can't get it out of your head for the rest of the day, no matter what you try to do. And I think that's the difficulty with social media is that you're open to everybody, you know, having their say about you. The big thing when you're at an event like the Olympic Games is that everything has to go perfectly. Everything has to go smoothly. And the one thing I think is the key is the emotional stability of the athlete. And that has to be in sync, you know, physically, mentally, you just have to be in a good place. And if one little thing gets in there and throws that out, then you can start to lose lose a bit of confidence. You can lose a bit of belief in yourself. And then your ability starts to go away as well. And you know, these things happen without you even knowing how it happens. It's it's a really strange thing. And I know when stuff like this would happen to me in the past, I was often, you know, the people who surround you are the ones who helped you. And I would often hear comments from Frank Gamara and Marcus O'Sullivan, Jared Hartman, like after something would happen, they would kind of let me know that they had to rescue me. And you know, then I suppose in a way I knew I had that safety net of people around me that if I was going a bit mad, which you do sometimes, that there was people there who spotted it before you even spotted it yourself. So that's why it's always key, particularly in individual sports, that you surround yourself with a really good supportive team who can, they understand you and they read you deeply you know, more, they might know you more than you know yourself because they see these little quirky things about you that they're able to kind of help you along. Now, people would say, yeah, but is that a good or a bad thing? Because you're being kind of, you know, if you're, if you're about to, it's a bit like when you're driving the car and I have these things lately in the cars where if you, if you, if you go out of the lane and kind of the car pulls you back in again, <laughs> it's like every time I see this, I'm like, oh, I don't like that feeling. And it's that kind of, I feel that's like a, a bit of an analogy of how this happens is that you're kind of going off track and then someone pushes you back on again and keeps you going in that straight line. But I suppose in a way, it's not possible for everything to go perfect every day because as much as you're concentrating on the Olympics, training, everything to do with that, we all have so many other things in our life as well that can impact on how you're feeling um, on any given day. Coming up, how Sonia O'Sullivan bounced back from her own career disappointments. Hold up. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Well, that is a real shame for Sonia O'Sullivan. She's a fine athlete. She's proved herself on many occasions. The reigning world champion came here with such high hopes. And when you think about it, she was the athlete of the year in many people's books last last season. But the Olympic Games, they pick the date, they pick the venue, and if you're not ready, you can't do anything about it. From your own experience as an elite level athlete, you've obviously had those career highs and lows and things didn't go according to plan at the Atlanta Olympics, for example. But then you came back stronger than ever four years later at the Olympics in Sydney and got that silver medal. How hard is it mentally to leave a setback like that behind you and go again and reach that peak level performance? Yeah, it's it's not something that happens overnight. It takes a long time. And, you know, you, ha- you, you go through a lot of ups and downs to work it out for yourself. But I think deep down, you do have to work it out for yourself. You can get a lot of help and encouragement from people around you. You can go to see professionals, you know, sports psychologists who will give you little tricks and things to do to, you know, get yourself to think positive. But The big question is, for me anyway, was, you know, do you really want to do this? And for me, I didn't have anything else that I would rather do. You know, I I had unfinished business and I knew I had to get myself back out there and back on track. I didn't believe that, you know, it was the end of the line. There was still a lot of room and time for me to go out there and to, I suppose, prove to myself more than anybody else that, you know, I... I can line up on the biggest stage of all. I can be competitive and and I can come home with a medal. And the way I did that was I didn't actually go out and set about getting a medal. It was more about getting a good performance for myself. And by getting a good performance, it meant that I would walk off the track satisfied and content that I had done everything possible to, to get to the race and then in the race and to win a silver medal in Sydney. It was a bonus and a tangible reward that I had that I could share with everybody. Was it a sense that the only person you had to prove anything to was yourself? I think so. Yeah, I think I wouldn't have been satisfied. So then I wouldn't I wouldn't have been happy. And I think, you know, ultimately we do sport because we enjoy it and because it makes us happy. Um, You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, when you go for a run, all the endorphins and the positive feeling that you get afterwards 
And, you know, I still get that to this day. There's no better feeling, you know, than going for a run. And it doesn't matter that I'm not training for the Olympics, that it's just going out there to kind of make yourself feel good so that you can get on with the rest of the day and all the different challenges and tasks that you set yourself. You're much happier doing it once you've kind of released all all or any tension that's in your body to be able to, you know, settle down. And you just know that the thing that makes you happiest in the day, you're able to achieve it one more day. It's interesting you should say that because Simone Biles recently said that her favourite time in the past few years has been the time she took off from sport. So when the weight of expectation makes it impossible to get that enjoyment that you talk about out of the sport that you love, what's in it for these athletes? Um, well, that's the thing that they have to question is like, OK, well, I'm not happy doing this at the highest level, but what else am I going to do and how will I be happy? I remember once I went to see this sports psychologist in London and, you know, I just couldn't get enjoyment out of going out the door and going for a run every morning or going to the track. And, you know, she said to me, just, you know, don't worry about the time and the pace and just go to your favorite place to run and run because that's what you want to do. And, you know, just not worry about it. You just, it's the movement and the flow and just the peace and the calm that you can have with yourself. And I think that's where we all start off. And you have to, every now and then, you have to check in with yourself and bring yourself back to the reason why you started doing the sport in the first place. And then somehow take baby steps back up to the highest level again, if that's the path that you want to return to. Maliki, I want to come back to you about that conversation around mental health and sport. How has it changed in recent years? It's such an evolving thing, mental health and sport. It is something that has really been talked about an awful lot more in recent years. Probably the last decade and a half is when it has been taken seriously as a part of sport. There was a famous case in the 90s of a very famous footballer, Stan Collymore, saying that he was struggling with depression. And uh, John Gregory, who was the Aston Villa manager of the, uh, at the time, was quoted as saying, how could he be depressed? You know, he's a multi-millionaire footballer. He's playing, he's won titles. You know, depression is when you can't pay the mortgage at the end of the month. That wasn't a unique view. And that's only a generation ago. That's only at the, in the mid to the end of the 90s. It has become something that is talked about more and more. It is something that people are more and more careful about. And yet this week, and especially given the identity of the athlete in question, I wonder, and we don't know this, but I wonder if we will feel going forward that this has been a landmark week around the discussion of mental health. And I say that because there has been an awful lot of talk through when we talk about mental health in sport that we, you know, we need to get to a place where we treat a mental health problem the same as we treat any other injury. If somebody pulls a hamstring, they're out of the game and nobody questions it. Whereas somebody having anxiety or somebody having a mental health episode, as we saw this week, you know, Simone Biles, a completely unimpeachable sports person, you know, the, the absolute leader of her field has been roundly questioned for using mental health as an excuse to pull out of an Olympic event. 
going into the future, it's going to be really fascinating to see how that turns out. Does the fact that somebody like Simone Biles can say that and be upfront about it, does that give now cover to lesser sports people, less well-known sports people in other sports to be able to do that? I think that in the future, I think we will look back at this week as a kind of a landmark week for the discussion around mental health in sport and the, the, the level of respect that we're willing to give it. Like, are, are we as people who are involved in sport, people who watch sport, people who report on sport, are we genuinely prepared to give mental health that status? And Sonia, do you think this could mark a tipping point in how seriously mental health is taken when it comes to athletic performance? Or is this, you know, just another chapter in the Simone Biles story? Can it have a wider impact on sport? Um, I think it definitely would have a big impact on sport. I think a lot of athletes will be affected by this and they will relate to this episode as a time when, you know, athletes can be brave and stand up and tell people how they feel. I, 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 some, I still am a little bit reluctant to have it as, you know, the definitive thing that athletes do if they're not feeling right, that they should, the first port of call is to step away. I think there still is that part of me that says that you have to try sometimes. And I, I don't think we have the full story here. I think there's more behind this decision. And then it was a combination, I would think, of something physical, something mental. And maybe it was easier to say it was a mental reason what, why she had to step away. And I just feel sometimes when athletes fall into the thing of it was um, I mentally couldn't cope with the situation, so I've got to stop. I I would be of the opinion that sometimes it's better to deal with that privately rather than publicly. To to work out, you know, is this a decision that I really want to make right now, or is it something that's in my mind and I'll come back to it, but I'll get through this particular event I'm in right now first. Um, Because if you go to a sports psychologist and you look for some help and some guidance, which I have done in the past, but I would be very much, I would go there when I need to talk to somebody, but I would be very reluctant to be dependent on going down a path that you then kind of feel like that's always an option open to you. I think it's there sometimes, but I think it's a bit like when you go to the physio or the chiropractor, you know, you can go back again and again and again, or you can get to the point where actually I feel pretty good right now. I'm going to see how I can go by myself for a while because everybody is different and everybody is wired differently. And we have to look at that as well in that this is not, you know, something that's going to change a sport for everybody it'll change it for some people it'll probably give relief for some people who have had issues and they don't know what to do and now they'll feel like a bit more open to discussing this 
and, you know, getting themselves back on track again or taking a time out. So I think it's still up for debate. There's a lot out there to discuss. And it's just another, I suppose, area of sport that's become more common and become more discussed and open now, which, which is a good thing. Sonny O'Sullivan, Malachi Clerken, thank you so much. In the News will be back next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.